chapter fourteen of molly brown's senior days by nell speed this librivox recording is in the public domain judy defiant when judy keene appeared at chapel next morning she seemed serenely unconscious of the sensation she was creating her usual black dress and widow's bands had always made her conspicuous and those who only knew her by sight yet carried with them a vivid impression of her face the large gray eyes swimming with visions the oval creamy face the mouth rather large the lips a little too full perhaps and framing all this her fluffy bright hair the quadrangle dining-room had already buzzed with the news of judy's reckless act and now as the seniors marched two by two up the aisle after the faculty a ripple of laughter swept over the chapel necks were craned all over the room to see judy's mop of blue-black hair arranged in a loose knot on the back of her neck drawn well down over the forehead in a heavy dark mantle carefully concealing the ears but miss walker was not pleased with the liberties judy had taken with her appearance she had heard the ripple of laughter stifled almost as soon as it had commenced and having reached her chair and faced the audience while the procession was still on its way up the aisle she noticed the amused glances directed towards judy's head it took only a second glance to assure herself of what judy had done and she frowned and compressed her lips when the service was over she made a little impromptu address to the students college she said was a place for serious work and not for frivolity of course there were no objections to innocent fun but absurdities would not be tolerated all the time she was speaking she was looking straight at judy who with chin resting on her hand and eyelids drooped apparently read a hymn book that afternoon miss julia keene received a summons to appear at miss walker's office immediately from this interview judy emerged in a stubborn angry humor miss walker was a wise woman in her generation but she had never had a girl of judy's temperament to deal with before judy's rather contemptuous indifference had inflamed the president into saying some rather harsh things if one girl dyed her hair a great many others might such things often struck a college in waves and she was not going to tolerate it therefore judy unreasonably angry as she always was under reproof had no word to say to her anxious friends awaiting her at number five quadrangle was it very bad judy dear nancy asked when judy walked into the room white and silent it was worse than that replied judy in a steady even voice if she had 
given me twenty lashes on my bare shoulders i should have liked it better what business is it of hers what color i turn my hair this is not a boarding school i detest her whereupon she slammed her door and the girls did not see her again for several hours when she finally did emerge she was calm and smiling but the girls felt instinctively that her dangerous mood had not passed only deepened and molly felt she would give a great deal to win her friend away from the malign influence of adele windsor it seemed to her sometimes that judy was cherishing a secret grievance against her as well as against miss walker but molly had little time for brooding over such things in the daytime and at night sleep overtook her as soon as her tired head dropped on the pillow a great many things were in the air at wellington just now a prize had been offered for the best suggestion for a jubilee entertainment it was only ten dollars but every girl in college competed except judy one morning adele windsor's name was posted on the bulletin board as winner of the prize and not long afterward they learned that it was judy's scheme unfolded on the opening night of college that adele had appropriated no doubt with judy's full consent molly's exchange of brief notes with jimmy lufton had ripened into a correspondence and she was prepared therefore for the enormous package containing at least a dozen sunday newspapers that came to her one morning also a check for fifteen dollars with eager fingers she tore wrappers from the papers and began to search through multitudinous columns for her article about wellington at last with nance's and judy's help she found it not tucked away in a corner as she had half expected but spread out over the page it is true the pictures were rather blurred but there were the columns of writing all hers so she fondly believed so skillfully had mr lufton wrought the changes he had been obliged to make the article was signed m w c b and a framed copy of it hangs to this day on the crowded walls of the commune office there was not much doubt who m w c b was and molly was deluged with calls and congratulations all day it was glorious to have been the means of refuting miss beatrice slammer's criticisms and she could not help feeling very proud as she hurried down the avenue to the infirmary one of the papers tucked under her arm devoutly hoping that alice fern had gone home by now it was reported that the professor was walking about and in a few days was to go to bermuda to stay until after the christmas holidays the professor himself and not miss fern opened the door for molly before miss grace green reading aloud by the window 
could remonstrate with him he was a mere ghost of his former self pale emaciated his clothes seemed three sizes too big for his wasted frame and he had grown quite bald around the temples molly thought him very old that afternoon i've brought something to show you she said after she had shaken hands with the brother and sister and the three had drawn up their chairs by the window then miss grace green read the article aloud and molly explained that it was mr lufton to whom they were already so deeply indebted who had arranged to get it published i took him over to the commune office said molly and that started it mrs green smiled and the professor shifted uneasily in his chair presently miss green rose it's time for your buttermilk edwin and you and i shall have some tea miss molly she added as she slipped out of the room tell me a little about yourself miss molly observed the professor when they were left alone did you have a pleasant summer and how is the old orchard oh the orchard was most shamefully neglected replied molly simply a mass of weeds and the apples left rotting on the ground all this fall so mother writes william our colored man cut down the worst of the weeds with a scythe last summer and i kept the ground cleared where the hammock hangs it's been such a rainy summer i suppose that's why things grew so rank but i'm sorry the old gentleman is neglecting his property after making such a noble start the professor laughed you have made the acquaintance of the owner then he asked oh no we have never even learned his name but i feel quite sure he is very old sometimes i seem to see him in the orchard an old old man leaning on a stick i think he is old and eccentric because a young man would never have bought property he has never seen can't a young man be eccentric oh yes but mother and my brothers and sisters all of us believe this man is old from something the agent said he told mother that the new owner of the orchard had bought it because he was looking for a retired spot in which to spend his old age again the professor laughed and the color rose in his face and spread over his cheeks and forehead presently miss green returned with the tea things and the buttermilk has miss fern gone asked molly oh yes we finally prevailed on her to go home answered miss green she really need not have been here at all the infirmary nurse would have looked after edwin but she seemed to think she was indispensable grace my dear sister remonstrated the professor from miss fern the talk drifted to many things molly told them more of jimmy lufton how he had charmed everybody and what a wonderful life he led in new york 
i should like to be on a newspaper she said suddenly it would be lots more exciting than teaching school the professor looked up quickly i should be sorry to see you take that step miss molly well i haven't taken it yet but i was only thinking that mr lufton might be a great deal of help to me you must not said the professor sternly don't think of it for a moment the commune is putting ideas into your head or this mr lufton molly felt uncomfortable for some reason and miss green changed the subject by the way she said i heard the other day what had become of some of the luncheon you seniors lost the day the major took you in and fed you the thieves probably took all they could carry with them and dumped the rest in a field between exmoor and round head like as not they picnicked on top of round head some of the exmoor boys found a pile of desiccated sandwiches and hard-boiled eggs and cake one day when they were out walking and dodo and andy brought the story to me think of the waste of it exclaimed molly they might have at least given what they didn't want to the poor there aren't any poor people around there child well to mrs murphy then she's poor and we wouldn't have minded having worked so hard to feed mrs murphy i wonder who did it put in the professor none of the exmoor boys i'm sure said his sister who had a very soft spot for the boys of her younger brother's college some day it will come out announced molly things always do sooner or later and we needn't bother about playing detective it's a horrible role to act anyway i remember when i was a boy at college began the professor some fellows played rather a nasty practical joke on some of us and they were caught by a trick of fate on the night of the senior class elections which always take place just before a banquet at the exmoor inn some of the students broke into the inn kitchen masked overpowered the cook and the waiter and stole all the food they conveniently could carry away one of the saucepans contained lobster and the next morning there were six very ill young men at the infirmary with ptomaine poisoning and it was not hard to guess who were the thieves of our supper were they punished asked molly oh yes exmoor never permits escapades like that they were suspended for six weeks although they had saved the entire school senior class from a pretty severe illness at least you might have felt some gratitude for that observed miss green we did but the president took only a one-sided view of the matter i'm afraid it's too late for attacks of indigestion from our lunch observed molly the only thing out of common we had at the lunch were snaky noodles what in the world 
asked the brother and sister together it doesn't sound very appetizing does it but they are awfully good our old cook makes them at home they are coils of very rich pastry with raisins and cinnamon all through don't mention it exclaimed the professor whose appetite was greater than his official allowance of food i would give anything for a hot snaky noodle with a glass of milk when you come back from bermuda i'll see that your wish is gratified replied molly laughing as she rose to go miss molly said the professor as he bade her good-bye at the door i wish you would promise me three things don't overwork don't make plans to work on a newspaper instead of teaching school and don't forget me i'm not likely to do that professor i'm always wanting to go to your office and ask you questions and advice the last time we were there dodo and i i found two old rotten apples i took the liberty of throwing them away it's too bad for good apples to be left rotting on the ground or anywhere said the professor and he closed the door softly while this surely was a very simple statement somehow he seemed to mean more than he said just why molly's thoughts were on the lost snaky noodles as she walked up the campus she could not say she recalled that they had been carefully done up in a box marked on top in a large print snaky noodles from aunt maya morton that was the brown's cook i wonder if they were left with the half of the lunch in exmoor meadow she thought with fond regret for the wasted gift of their old colored cook who had taken unusual pains to make the snaky noodles as crusty and delicious as possible so pathis snaky noodles and all good things she said to herself as she entered the quadrangle end of chapter fourteen